Please stand with me as we read God's holy word to us this morning. Pay attention to verses 42 through 47 and understand that this is a description not just of the apostles or the leaders of the church. These are characteristics of every single person who is saved. Acts 42, 2.42 And they, those who had just been saved in verse 41, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day Attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. God tells us that this is what a church is. May it be so of us. May God make it so through the preaching of His Word this morning and the power of the Spirit. You may be seated. Devote yourself to God's saving Word. That is what I understand to be what God would have us hear from from this passage, and that is a call to everyone here to devote yourself to God's saving word because all Christians devote themselves to God's saving word. From the very first moment that the gospel of Jesus Christ was ever proclaimed in Acts chapter 2, and when it saves anyone, Verse 42 says, all of them devoted themselves to certain things. And and what what this does is it leaves for us who, who are separated by centuries and continents from this first experience of salvation. We, who have been saved by the same word, can learn that when all the saved back then do something, then all the saved today should do that something as well. Being devoted to God's Word is a sign that someone has been saved. So we are all, you, are being invited this morning to consider what is my relationship to God's Word? The outline for the sermon is very simple. It comes right out of verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Point number one, they devoted themselves, point number two, to the apostles' teaching. Point number one, 
they devoted themselves. We need to first understand even what, what are they talking about. We don't use that word devoted the same way that, that they would have used the word devoted. What does devoted mean? It means to busy oneself. In this case, to busy oneself with God's Word. I hope you're already hearing how contrary that is to our normal experience. To be devoted, to be a Christian is to be devoted and to busy ourselves with God's Word. We could read the Bible every year if we just read 12 minutes every day. Many of us struggle with this. I struggle with this. Why? Because we're too busy with other things. Not them. And it should not be so for us. Being devoted means being distracted by the Bible. Not being distracted from the Bible. It it, it also doesn't mean being distracted while you're reading the Bible. But being distracted from other things. From other tasks. Not, not, not just getting through the Bible every year, but busying yourself and working and, and making effort to understand and, and to bring your life in line with everything that God says because we understand that we do not live by bread alone. We live by every word that God has spoken. That's one aspect of what it means to be devoted to God's Word. Another aspect is to, to associate closely with God's Word. That's what it means to be devoted. It means to be associated closely with God's Word. You probably are familiar with word association games. Right? If you want to get a, a true reading about what you think of something, what you associate with something, you play one of these games where you say a word and you're supposed to give the first word that comes to mind. That can kind of be a test of what you really feel about something. So, cat, demon. See, it was just the first thing I thought of. And that... Christian. Bible. If you think of a Christian, the word that should come to mind is Bible. Think about what we saw last time in the book of Acts where where the Jews, the religious people, were accusing Stephen of not being very concerned with the Bible. And then he preaches like a, a sermon that covers all of the Old Testament and into the New. Their accusation of him did not stick. Being devoted means when people think of the church they should think of people of the Word. I talked to someone at a store in town this week, and, and um, uh, I, I asked him if he is involved in church. Uh, he expressed an interest in the Lord, but was not interested in church. And I asked him why that was, and he said, 
that uh, just seems like today people aren't, are, are more concerned with not offending people and not honoring the Lord. And I, I told them, I hope humbly that, that our church is different, that we are meaning to just listen to God's word and do what he says. This is what it means to be devoted to God's word. It means that we do not lean on our own ideas or our own feelings, or our own theories, or what the world believes. And any time any of those things come in conflict with what God has said, we set those things aside. We take every thought captive and make all of our thoughts slaves who follow the Lord Jesus, our King, whose will is recorded in a book that we have a copy of. That is what it means to be devoted. It means to busy yourself with God's Word and to associate closely with God's Word. That's what every saved person did and the entire church did in Acts chapter 2. And, and, and we want that to be true of Redeemer Church. And the only way it can be true of Redeemer Church is if the members who make up Redeemer Church, it is true of each one of us. But it's important not just to know what devoted means. It's important to consider how it was that they devoted themselves to God's word. The answer is continuously. This is not one of those stories we hear so regularly today when someone walks an aisle and gets saved and they're on fire for a few weeks. Or a season. And then not again until they have children. And then they get serious. This is when we need to start being concerned about the Lord again. The verb that God chose to describe everyone who was saved is is that they were devoted continuously, persistently. They were holding fast and they were not letting go of their commitment to God's word. It's used elsewhere of being constant in prayer. So believer, be constant in your devotion to God's Word. Devoted means it's something that happens from the moment of salvation throughout the rest of our life. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. We do not read that the apostles gave out an order. You should be devoted to God's Word. Although that is true, it is a good thing, and they are the teachers of truth. And so it would have been a fine thing for them to give that kind of command. They did not have to give that kind of command. The text says every believer willfully chose to devote themselves to the preaching, the Bible study time that was given by the apostles. They were all there because they wanted to hang on every word from God. This God they'd been saved to listen to. There's this wonderful story of a prince who had been under a witch's spell such that he came to fully believe that the evil witch was gracious and kind. So powerful was her spell that he believed that her word was wise and worthy of obeying, but he was her prisoner. She stole him from his parents. 
She kept him from knowing true life. She kept him from experiencing his rightful place as the true king. And in this story, what the main point is, is that he was completely convinced that evil was good. And that good was evil. He was completely convinced that lies were the truth. And that truth were lies. He needed someone to come and save him from her lies. The reason that's such a good story is because it is consistent with the Bible. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the glory of God and from believing the good news of Jesus Christ. Whenever Adam and Eve believed Satan's lie all the way back in the garden, he became the God of this world. He became the one that the whole world was following as God. The one that they were listening to back then is the one that they are listening to right now. He's the ruler over everyone just like that witch queen. And he has convinced the whole world. He's blinded their minds from seeing glory. They cannot see that God is glorious. They cannot see that Jesus is worthy of their affection. They see what good is actually evil. They think evil is good and good is evil. They hear the truth and they think it's a lie. And the moment that the people in, in the book of Acts hear Peter preach Christ, the spell is broken. This is the good news of the gospel. Look back in Acts chapter 2. Peter stands up and he's preaching. In verse 22, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, attested to you Jews by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God delivered up to the cross to be killed. You men crucified him. And you killed him. You were guilty for doing this. And God now, verse 24, has raised him up, loosing the pangs of death. Because it's not possible for Jesus to be held by death. He was sinless. And he died in the place of sinners. Why? Why? What happens whenever Jesus dies for our guilt and and God receives Jesus' blood in place of our punishment and then raises him from the dead in power and he goes into heaven what happens when people hear this verse 37 when they heard this they were cut to the hearts it broke the spell and their hard hearts were cut and they realized their guilt and said what must we do Peter says be saved Trust in the Lord Jesus and turn from your sins. And my prayer has been that the spell would break today for some. Turn from your sins and trust in Christ alone. Believers in Jesus Christ receive His Spirit. There is a power in every believer that causes 
us to do certain things and to not do other things. There's a power just in us that causes, that compels us to do certain things and not do other things. The saved don't have to be cajoled. There doesn't have to be some reward that's laid out if you read your Bible five days in a row, then I'll give you this other thing. That thing that you actually want. No. The saved don't have to be trained or taught to devote themselves. They and we all have been saved from listening to lies. It's universally true that every Christian is devoted to listening to the truth. Our hearts love the truth. We don't have to be told to love it. We love it. We're drawn to it. We want it. They devoted themselves. The first Christian's salvation show us that salvation, what does it lead to? What is a sign that someone's been saved? A sign that someone's been saved is that they have a self-disciplined. Mama doesn't have to tell me. Pastor doesn't have to make me. Someone who's saved disciplines themselves to listen because it's their delight. Would you believe the truth? Christian, you are under a spell. You are going to hell. You were carried about thinking you were free. Being lied to. Chasing the empty pleasures of this world. Thinking you're having fun, it was leading to your everlasting destruction. And God has rescued you. He stopped you, He opened your ears, He traded out that hard heart, and He caused you to see Him as glorious and To love His Son. And so we may need from time to time sermons like this or reminders about this. We may need help studying God's Word. Certainly, when they were devoting themselves to the apostles teaching God's truth, they were sitting under gifted teachers to help them to understand the truth. But all of them, and it's true today, all, who know the Lord, want to know more. Devote yourself to God's saving word. They devoted themselves, point two, to the apostles' teaching. For this, I want to turn to the left, skip over one book, the book of John, go to Luke 24. We'll be flipping around a little bit. We're taking this topic out of Acts 2. But we're also seeing how this truth is played out in other parts of Scripture. Luke is part one, uh, whereas Acts is part two of Luke's writings. Look in chapter 24, verse 44, so that we might understand what is this apostle's teaching that they were devoting themselves to. Luke 24, starting in verse 44, we're told, It was now about the sixth hour. 
sorry, that's 23. 24, verse 44. Then Jesus, after he's been raised from the dead, he says to his disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you before I died, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, that's the whole Old Testament, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the truth, the Scriptures, and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. The whole Old Testament, every part of it said that, is what Jesus is saying. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should now be proclaimed in the Christ's name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. That's what we're seeing happen in the book of Acts. You are... You disciples, you apostles are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That's where Acts chapter 1 picks up, where the power of the Spirit falls upon them to do what He's right now calling them to do. He has said the Old Testament is God's Word about Christ. Not just children's stories that are interesting. Everything that God has ever said has always been about His Son. And it has specifically been, He says, if your minds are open to understand it, verse 46, that the Christ would suffer in order to become a king. And that He'd be raised from the dead so that He can lead people to salvation. All of it was written for that purpose. Verse 48, notice what He says there. You are, you apostles are witnesses of these things. That what the prophets and Moses and all of the Psalms were saying about how I needed to suffer and be raised from the dead in order to be the king of God's people and lead them to salvation. You are witnesses that this has now happened. Now go out and witness. What that means is that what the apostles have written down, your Old Testament, is God's word about Christ. It's the apostles saying, this is how you should understand all of the Old Testament. This is what you should understand about God's Son. Believers being devoted to the apostles' teaching means we are devoted to the entire Bible. We are not Psalms people. We are not Paul people. We're not just New Testament Christians. It's all about Him. We are about Him. We want to know Him. We are devoted. He paid it all All to Him we owe everything. We want to hear everything He says and everything in the Bible is about Him. So, I want us to consider then, what is this thing we're to be devoted to? The apostles in the New Testament are explaining what the prophets in the Old Testament were saying about Christ. We're to be devoted to the Bible. And I want to encourage you now to devote yourself to the whole Bible by giving you three reasons, which are really just three reminders of what this book is. And first of all, you should be devoted to God's Word because it is the Word of God. If you will, turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, turn to the right. Pass 
Paul's larger letters in Thessalonians, in 2 Timothy 3. And I want to read to you what Paul says, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, his disciple and pastor of the church of Ephesus. He wants Timothy in verse 14 to continue in what he's learned. How, verse 15, from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. What is so wonderful about our seven-year-olds? Not just going into a room to bounce off the walls, but to sit quietly and become acquainted with the sacred writings because they are able to make them wise for salvation. Timothy, from a young age, was acquainted. Verse 16, all Scripture, all of this Bible is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We should devote ourselves to the Bible because it is the Word of God. We've already said from Luke 24, it is the Word about God. Every word of it was about God in Christ. But it's also in 2 Timothy 3, the Word by God. God authored the book that you are holding right now, that I'm preaching from right now. God wrote each and every one of these words. You understand what that means. You cannot disregard a truth in the Bible without disregarding the one who wrote it. You cannot set aside a single truth in Scripture without setting aside the one that the whole thing is about, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God is not like the funny pages or for you today, gifts or memes that you can read and disregard, laugh at, just to entertain you. That's not the Word of God. The Word comes with the authority of its author. It comes with an obligation that you who hear it better change in any and every way that we do not match up with the Word. Throughout the book of Acts, we've heard already, we will continue to hear, to hear the apostles say, give ear to the gospel. Hear the Word of God. Receive the Word of God. And why would you disregard this? I'll tell you why. It is only if you still, like your mother Eve, doubt that what he says is best or that what he calls you to is best. That's the only reason to disregard this because it's God's word. It says something about you and him. Second reason you should devote yourself to God's word is because the Bible is the word of truth. It says that. This is the way it's described. It is the word 
of truth. I wonder how often you experience what I experience whenever you're reading something on Facebook and you think, that's not true. I understand that person thinks it's true, is fully convinced, and is ranting and raving. I understand that there are a lot of people who are commenting about how true that is. Social media gives everyone a voice, even those who shouldn't have one. It encourages everyone to philosophize about life, about truth. This is part of the spell. Our world believes that everyone's thoughts are equally valuable. You've got your truth. It doesn't matter. And we say that when it's conflicting with someone else's truth. You've got your truth. I'm going to live mine. Friends, our impressions or what we think is true, even if we're Christians, those things are not perfect. Every thought must be tested, must be subjected and yield to the word of truth. This Bible, however, is perfect. What I mean is, it's inspired by God. We just read that. It's breathed out, chapter 3, verse 16. God, it came from inside of him, and he exhaled every one of the words. It is perfect in that it is inerrant. That means there's not a single error in it. Why? Because Hebrews tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. So what comes from him cannot be a lie to any degree. It is all true. It is Like God, sufficient for us. What you need in life is God. You were made by Him. You're given breath by Him. Your every heartbeat is by His grace. You need God and He is enough for everything you need. And so is His Word. That's the way He describes His Word. Did you hear it in verse 17? The man of God, which is especially Timothy here standing as the the, the preacher of the church of Ephesus, this is true. There's an application of this for every single Christian. How do they become complete when they are incomplete? How is it that they can be equipped and prepared and ready to do every single good work that they do? There's only one instrument God uses in order to do that, and that is His Word. Every good work. The Bible is totally sufficient for. But we could also go to 2 Peter chapter 1 and hear this. His divine power, God's divine power, has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you want help for your life, if you want help to, to be like God or godly, you have a resource that provides to you all that you need all things. It is in His Word, as He describes it, His promises that are recorded down. We live in a world of lies. But Jesus called His apostles to be His witnesses, to write down that witness, and God's Spirit, God's Spirit is powerful enough, and He has preserved that witness in writing through all of these years. You have a reliable source of 
ultimate truth. You can stand on God's Word. You can go to God's Word when you need guidance for anything. Devote yourself to it. And do that for a third reason, because the Bible is the Word of power. The Bible is the word of power. When God speaks, His power is sent. If you don't believe me, just look around. Because everything you see, He spoke. That's what Genesis 1 tells us. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 tells us. Everything is spoken. And it's real. It's there. That's power. God's word is like God because it came from, he exhaled it. It's alive. It's active. It is coursing with power that you can't experience anywhere else in this world. That's why they're devoted to it. That's why you should be devoted to it. Acts says, listen to the words that describe God's word. The word is increased and prevailed mightily. The Word of God conquers other powers in this world. It just prevails mightily. The Word itself. We should devote ourselves to the Bible because of what God does with the Bible. I could go on and on and on. I had to cut a lot of examples. I just want to give you a few. Back in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Verse 15, listen, Piper. You were acquainted with with the sacred writings which are able, the writings are able to make you wise for salvation through Jesus Christ. The writings are powerful and have an ability to actually save people. Listen to the way Acts 20 puts it. Now, Paul says, I commend to you, Ephesians elders, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able, the word, the Bible is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are being sanctified, set apart from those who are going to be destroyed by God. A destruction that they will experience forever and ever and ever. You are being set apart for salvation and life by the Word. It will give you that inheritance and make you a child of God. The words of the Bible are not magical. These aren't incantations. You can't just read them and poof. But the words of the Bible are spiritual. That is to say that God the Spirit pours His power out when God's Word is rightly preached and heard. The last example I want to give to you is in 2 Corinthians 4. And if you will, turn to the left there. Past the shorter books of Paul to 2 Corinthians 4. I love this passage. This passage encourages this preacher. And it will give you reason to devote yourself to God's Word. Paul was devoted to God's Word. And he tells us why he was devoted to God's Word. 
verse 1. Therefore, having this ministry, by the mercy of God, he is an apostle. This ministry of teaching, right? We do not lose heart. He's just said that many people, when they come under the teaching of God's word, are blinded. They can't see it. And he says, as a teacher of God's word, I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to lose heart. When I face that so regularly. Verse 2, but we have renounced, we have refused disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. There are many because they face the discouragement. They're not believing it. They're not hearing it. They're not coming. They're not being saved. They don't want this. What do many people do? They tamper. They change God's word to get a better response. Paul says we don't do that. Instead, we openly state the truth. We just say plainly the truth. And we, we're, we're doing that. I hope you see that. Your conscience can see that we're just plainly saying what is the truth. God sees it. And verse 3, even if our gospel is hidden from them, even if they don't believe it, it is hidden or veiled to those who are perishing and going to hell. So when we see it's veiled, we know why it's veiled. It's because they're going to hell right now. In their case, the ones who don't love the truth, who don't just want an open statement of the truth, they want to laugh. They want the stories. They want gospel light. They don't want an open statement of the truth. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God for what we proclaim is not ourselves. We're not standing and preaching ourselves. We're trying to make much of ourselves. That's why I won't change it because I'm preaching Christ. That's what I'm supposed to do is to preach Christ, our Lord. We're just serving Jesus. I'm not going to try to make myself feel better. I'm here to preach Christ. Why, Paul? Why will you keep on doing that? Is it because you don't care? You're just right with God, and you don't care ultimately if they get saved or not, the unbelievers. I mean, you know the reason why. They've been blinded, they're perishing, they belong to Satan right now, they can't understand it, that comforting thing. It's not really your fault, you're not really a bad preacher. Why do you keep on preaching the gospel? Why do you keep preaching Christ? And he goes on in verse 6 to say, it's the only way the veil will be lifted. This is the way God has chosen for the perishing and unbelieving and blind to come to know the Christ they previously hated. Verse 6, 4, this is the reason why God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, to give what they did not have 
they were blind and could not see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. They were blind. They, they're unbelieving. They, they were under Satan's spell. How is it that the spell is broken? In the same way that God said, let light shine out of darkness in Genesis 1. You remember, it was all darkness. And God said, let there be light. And bam, light was there. Paul is saying, The Word of God is powerful and you should devote yourself to it because of what God does with the Bible. What does God do with the Bible? He does the same thing He was doing in Genesis 1. He causes people who cannot see glory, who cannot see Christ, to see when Christ is proclaimed. God, Paul says, I know what He does. He's going to say, See! See Him as glorious. Turn from your sins. Trust in Christ. Forsake the devil. Turn from lies. Love the Lord. Follow me. Give yourself to glory. When it's openly stated, God gives it power. And you should be devoted to it. Because you want the glory of God. You want Jesus Christ. You don't want lies. And the Word is what God uses to give you all of His best. Acts chapter 2 is giving us the signs of salvation. And so, from our passage, we can ask the question, how do you know someone is saved? How do you know? You can't just say because they're confident they are because of all we've heard about lies and blinding. Let's just set that aside, okay? Of course, they're probably not Christians if they say they're not Christians. But them saying they're Christians, if we believe what God has said about the the devil, we don't just say that you must be a Christian. No, we look to the signs of salvation. Here's a test. And you heard it from John 10. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they who listen to my voice, who hear me and follow me, which means obey what I say. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. The devil cannot do it. Every Sunday, the good shepherd is leading his sheep to green pastures. And you should listen. Every day you can hear him. Every chance you get by yourself or with others, with the church, with your family, with friends. Devote yourself to God's saving word. Father in heaven, we pray that you would make true of us what is true of everyone who's saved, that we would be devoted to your word. We're amazed by it. It has a power we can't see anywhere else. Forbid that we treat your word like anything else. We ask this in Jesus' name.